Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Comfort Watch, a podcast where we talk about the movies that we turn to time and time again. My name is Elizabeth, and I'm joined by my little animal print sporting candy-colored rainbow nugget, <laughs> Chrissy. <laughs> I like the rainbow nugget. Who do who party people? That's right. I'm gonna really try to remember to do that from now on. How you doing? Oh, you know, it's been it's been kind of a weird week. Do you think it's been a weird week? It's been a weird month. Yeah, you've had a weird month. Uh, it's been a weird week. It's a it's kind of a, a rainy day that we're sitting down to do this. Mm-hmm. We're hiding in a basement, which mm-hmm. is the ultimate of cozy. Absolutely. We have multiple blankets on top of us. So like, many blankets. Different ones. So many blankets, so many dogs. Yeah, pillows. What's been going on this week that makes you feel a little weird? Uh, I was going to say, I was on TV this week, but I wasn't. My client was, but I got to go to a TV studio. So wow. that was strange. Was it like the morning show? I kept thinking that, like, who's sleeping with who? Everyone. But <laughs> they're from my, like, hometown news report. And I've known, I literally grown up watching these people. So it's a little weird to see them in the flesh. But other than that, I'm like, there's no drama here at all. The weirdest thing to me about people in TV is when they turn on. Like, yeah. I, I, it th- takes me out completely. Yeah, like the weatherman was literally sitting on the couch on his phone and just being like, yeah, guys, I'm just chilling out. You do your thing. And I was like, I- I've seen you like get really enthusiastic about rain for like two decades. Wow. It's very strange. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big week, though. Uh, yeah, sure. It's a big week. I have, you know, I also had a cold. I also got a haircut. It's a lot, you know, a lot of, a lot of really, really big things. You did do a significant haircut. I did. And, um, you know, I haven't got any compliments on it. I I'm, said I loved it. I know. But you always like my hair. Yeah, No, <laughs> that's not true. I, most of the time you like my hair. For I, the record, she's still pink haired, which is my favorite thing ever. Yes. I just have more of a bob or a lob. That's a, it's a bob. It's really Josie and the Pussycats, which as you're wearing cheetah colored <laughs> shirt. So good. Rachel Lee Cook is everything i've ever wanted to be i used to take her photo often to the hair salon and be like see how it swoops out my first reference for rachel lee cook is always that drug commercial <laughs> and this is what it did to your family and your friends which is like frying an egg and then she takes like a frying pan through a kitchen i'm gonna have to it watch just this ends with a, any questions i'm gonna have to <laughs> that's one of the reasons why i've never done drugs Wow, Rachel Lee Cook kept you clean. The other was Sally Jesse Raphael did an episode about ecstasy, mm. and I was home from school one day, and this mm-hmm. they're talking about how it eats your brain, and I just like from that moment, seven year old me decided no ecstasy. <laughs> <laughs> I I think one time I saw something like that, and they said if you do cocaine, nothing will ever feel as good as cocaine feels, so everything in your life will feel mediocre. But they didn't tell you when you get to your 30s that happens anyway, whether That's or not true. cocaine's involved. They say, like, cocaine could also just be, like, falling in love. Cocaine yeah. could be your back not hurting. <laughs> like, it'll never feel good again. Nothing will feel good again. Yeah, not having adult acne like I currently do. That's my cocaine. Don't even talk to me about adult acne right now. <laughs> Don't even talk to me. I go to sleep with so many stickers on my face. Yeah, you look like you fell asleep in a kindergarten class. <laughs> Absolutely. Little I, stars. I had a big week. You did? I went to see Taylor Swift. Oh, yeah. Oh, that. Well, I guess that was it was a week ago today. A week ago today. Wow. Uh, my ears have just recovered. Yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun. 
Concert amnesia is so real. Um, my therapist actually warned me about this. He said <laughs> it's medically possible because your heightened emotions really cause you to disassociate. And I don't think that I did. Like, I felt like I was really present until the end of the show when everyone was pointing out things. And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. But I had a great time. Uh, I don't think I've recovered, like, yeah, with my hearing. I haven't recovered with my sleep. I haven't recovered emotionally. But it was it was a it was a, a bucket list item to see the Eras tour. Yeah, I think I have concert amnesia too because I didn't go. But you feel like you did from TikTok. I do. You know what? I've seen most of it. I really have, and yeah. I also physically don't think my body can handle it. <laughs> I would love a Netflix special, please, Netflix. I'm hoping they're filming this whole time. Please, just like you did for Reputation. That was wonderful. I cried watching Reputation from home. Well, this is the thing. Like, I feel like if you are a cozy girl, yeah, you aren't necessarily a concert gal. No. And if anyone's paying attention, she hasn't announced Canadian tour dates. If you want to go see her, you got to go. You got to trek to the States somewhere. And then there's like at least five hours of standing in your future. This just doesn't sound like it's for me. It was, I mean, but the thing is, is like you have assigned seats, so you could sit down. And I feel like if you're higher up, I mean, we were, I was very privileged. I was on the 21st row. <laughs> I had to tell myself, look at her. That's really her. Yeah. And I've seen her before. But you think she ever looked at you? No, no, I'm not DeLulu like that. I don't know. But no, but like, you know, did she ever like look at your part of the crowd and you felt like she was looking at you? No, I'm sure she does. But like, I feel like it's like just some kind of camera trick where like they make everyone look like you're <laughs> looking at them. Yeah. I mean, she's fantastic. If you're not a someone who loves live music or very loud, loud, loud crowds, don't feel like you got to go. Yeah, you don't feel like you got to go. That's definitely me. It just it's all it's is like everyone's having a party that you're not invited to. And it just I have just have FOMO about it, even though I know realistically it's not for me. Yeah, it's not like sometimes I think like I want to go to Burning Man. No, I don't want to go to Burning Man. I don't know if you would survive a minute. I wouldn't get through the drive there. I'd be like, it's so dusty. And I would turn around and go home. You'd think you were in Mad Max. Like you'd be like fury road mad max but every once in a while i'm like oh i just it's everyone's there and i'm not there i used to get real coachella fomo and now i don't now i now that now that the gen z years have taken over i truly don't because back when you could wear a floral crown oh yeah oh i had huge fomo about it i i've done some i've done one music festival boots and hearts which is like i guess like my speed where it's just like denim diapers and cowboy boots <laughs> yeah and it was good but like i feel like i i cross things off and i'm like and i'm done with that oh. it's very we're, we're very excited to be doing this podcast because julia month has come to a close yes we thought about extending it going doing one last round but you know what we're gonna revisit we need to come at julia again with fresh eyes we've done her hits we've done the big the big boys and what? we'll get down to the more niche if this is like an heiress tour for Julia, we did her, her, uh, yeah, we did shake it off. We did shake, we did lover's era of we, just that's true. all her rom-coms. And now we're going to dive deeper into Julia sometime soon. Yes. <laughs> Would you like to introduce the star of our next month? She's the one, the only, my favorite, SJPP, Sarah Jessica motherfucking Parker, Mrs. Matthew Broderick. Oh, yeah. She's my favorite. 
I actually have you seen the, that TikTok that someone made about how men claim that she's not attractive, but women are I, like, "What do you mean she's stunning?" I just saw this because um, someone said that about Fran Drescher. Yes, and I I couldn't believe my mind, like I could believe my eyes. I was like, I've ears. never even thought about it. The nanny is meant to be hot. She's hot. Yeah, I but think, apparently men didn't think so. I don't know if it's because she was brunette. But, like, of course she was gorgeous. (laughs) Uh, The the TikTok I saw mentioned it more, like, also at the time, at least, because she was Jewish as well. Like, it, you know, what... And Sarah Jessica Parker, also Jewish. Maybe this is, like, a thing that people don't find, quote, well, men don't associate anybody who's a chosen person, God's (laughs) chosen people, as sexy. There's nothing sexier than being chosen. I think it's the... um, they have interesting faces. They're like a little louder, quirky. I don't know. Turns out yeah. men don't want that. The Sarah Jessica Parker one is a big shock to me, but this is kind of like how I felt about like what men find beautiful and versus what women find beautiful. I've always been like the most beautiful person, Natalie Portman. Yeah. A Jew. Yeah. <laughs> Natalie Hirschleg. <laughs> but I don't feel like men would instantly be like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I've never heard. Oh, I want to bone natalie portman i've never heard that i'm gonna rock natalie portman's world (laughs) but she was one of my favorites for a long time she was my background screensaver on my one of my many pcs from university from closer well there's a picture of her where she's like on a chair and i think there's like light bulbs around her or something and her legs are spread that was my bad why am i straight (laughs) am i straight i don't know happy pride chrissy (laughs) i definitely was a bisexual thinking as a as a teen and an early adult because but like i've always thought that sarah jessica parker is stunning absolutely is it largely hair driven pretty much yeah it's a lot of things it's she's very tiny clothes look so good on her the, yeah the hair i think her eyes are such a perfect color for like a smoky eye like i don't know but i've never i feel like I only look good if I do my hair in one certain way and my makeup is done in one certain way. And this woman can wear her hair in a thousand different ways and wear a million different kinds of clothing and try different makeup trends. And you're always like, that's amazing. I was just going to say, the one thing about, I think, why men don't find Sarah Jessica Parker quote-unquote hot versus women is that she does not dress for men. No. Never has. Her character in real life. And I, you and I were talking about this. Like, what is that freedom to not dress to be, again, air quotes, desirable by men? Yeah. And largely, neither did Fran Fine in The Nanny. No. They're these colorful women wearing outlandish clothes, and men do not know what to do with it. Yeah, and the her clothes are, especially Carrie's, are like, well, you wouldn't even know how to take them off if, if you wanted to. There's a lot of visible bra straps, which is something I've always love that she's done yes there's a lot of times when she would go out with big and wear like sexy dresses but for the most part she she doesn't dress for women she doesn't dress for men lately she's been dressing for revenge (laughs) well if you're watching the new tv show lately she's been dressing for pigeons (laughs) just playing shuffleboard i don't know her her style has gone very diane keaton very oversized layers instead of where we were before but i it's i think it's a natural progression very she's in her 50s it seems it seems good so unlike most episodes where we kind of do a back and forth this 
movie means so much to you yeah that you are being the lead pilot and i am just (laughs) your air hostess yes and you know it's really hard now that there's so this first of all we're doing the first sex and sitting in the movie i don't i don't don't, we didn't even say it so how we're starting the month um, I've decided to veto uh, the second Sex and the City movie just because I told myself I would never watch it again because it truly did ruin it for me. More than Gilmore Girls, The Revival, more than and just like that, Sex and the City 2, it hurt, it hurt me in a lot of ways. I It made me see the, the, the girls, the, the whole thing much differently. It made me question everything from before because I'm like, you have the same writers, you have the same actors. How could it be this horrible and also this like wrong? It's not it's not who they were. So I'm choosing to pretend that didn't happen. OK, you choose to pretend that the first movie didn't happen. Yes. And because this is Comfort Watch, I'm going to bite my tongue with any criticism. Yes. And keep things very light and happy. We also had just watched and just like that season two premiere. Yes. So I feel like this was a breath of fresh. Yes. But you're in charge. Here we go. Back to 2008. (laughs) So this movie, it's only about five years after the TV show ended. Obviously, if you don't know about Sex and the City, the TV show that ran for six seasons. It obviously started in the 90s and ended in, I think, 2003, uh, focusing on four women who at the time were like in their 30s. Samantha was in her 40s. And that was like groundbreaking at the time to be like, let's talk about women who aren't married, who are in their 30s. It was like a big deal when they were like 35. Now as a 35-year-old, holy shit, my life is nothing like theirs. But the movie picks up five years later. Now they're like more established into where they left off, which um, people were starting new relationships. They just got married. There were children, things like that. So we pick up five years later. um, Three of the girls are still living in New York, Carrie, Miranda, and Charlotte. And uh, Samantha has moved to L.A. to you know, help her boyfriend's career and also, you know, run her own company. We pick up with Carrie and Big, you know, the show ended with them finding each other again, but like Mm -hmm. didn't show if, you know, they ever moved in together or what was next. And it's showing them making that step. So it took another five years for them to take the step of moving in together, talking about marriage. And that's kind of like the centerpiece of the whole movie is if, you know, Carrie making that change and what that means and all those things. Yeah, I think the thing that was really true to the show was Carrie's making this step with Big, who has kind of financially been always there to quote unquote bail her out. Like when she had to buy her apartment back from Aiden, mm-hmm. she he offered her all the money. But Miranda is really the one who kicks this off of Carrie and Big taking their relationship to another step by saying, if you move in with him and you don't have your name on the title of that property you're setting yourself up to be very vulnerable if things go yes so what's the most logical thing to do instead of put money down on an apartment yes get married get married well it it is a it is a true rom-com this movie and i do love that about it because the tv show isn't it's you know every episode is something different and one of them is like charlotte showing her boob to a bunch of men on fleet week like it's there it's not a rom-com it's you know doesn't have the same tropes it stretches out over a longer period of time but this movie truly is there's a premise there's a catalyst for something to change um, there's a sad point and then there's like a running to get back together situation. You know, it, it is a typical rom-com and I love that about it. So of course there has to be, well, almost a wedding. 
almost a wedding. So major, you know, it happens early on. Also spoilers. I don't know. It's it was 15 years ago, guys. Get it together. You know, they plan this big wedding and um, it kind of goes much farther out of proportion than big is planning. Um, big is John James Preston is uh, in his late 40s. Maybe he's been married twice before. He's not a public person. He's a little more conservative. And this like big wedding is kind of stressing him out. And due to a possible comment from Miranda about being you should, you're crazy to get married, which is funny that I actually never thought about it. She's the one who pushes Carrie to get married, essentially, and then also uh, feels like she broke up their marriage. Um, he does not get out of the car at their the, wedding. at their wedding. And thus, uh, they I guess they break up. Yeah, and it happens pretty early on in the movie yes. where this elaborate wedding. They really Vogue does this big thing on Carrie being the last single girl finally tying the knot. At the same time, like you said, that Big is expressing his fears of why is this becoming such a production, which I get. Yeah. You're in your late 40s. You've had two weddings. Yeah. But at the same time, Carrie's never had a wedding before. No, but he's had that like his wedding to Natasha was like the typical New York page six big wedding. And I think he's just like, I don't want anyone to know. Like, not that I don't want anyone to know, but like, I just don't, I don't want it to be the same thing again. It's embarrassing. I can see how that's embarrassing. Well, they always say that statistically your likelihood of divorce increases with every marriage that you have. (laughs) Yeah. So I can understand why he doesn't want to make a big deal out of it. Carrie initially doesn't either and then kind of gets swept up in this production because of the dress and her friends really shit on her decisions that she's making like yeah 75 people only she wants to wear a vintage shop dress and good pair of shoes and then at the same time that this like wedding commotion is happening steve admits that he has had an not even i won't even say an affair he has slept with someone else and tells miranda yes and miranda promptly leaves him basically doing the same thing that carrie and big are doing and just stopping a relationship cold no no conversation no communication there's no sorries it's not okay broken up right so at the rehearsal dinner steve comes to try and win miranda back and miranda says too big you're crazy to get married marriage ruins everything Mm -hmm. the next day lily sabotages the wedding Fuck Lily. <laughs> Fuck Lily and her Judith Lever cupcake purse and pink Motorola flip phone. We're never really sure why Big isn't like doesn't want to do it. Is it just cold feet of like going in there in front of people? Is it he doesn't want the marriage to fail? Like again, like all rom comes do, the communication piece is not there, which is why things move plot. At least they explain where her cell phone is because in every rom-com I'm like, just, just, just give her a call. You know, yeah. you could have sorted it out if you just made a call. But at least they covered that, which is nice. But they, I think that's the one plot hole of this movie is him in the car going like, you just have to look at me. And if she looked at him in the face, then he would know it was just the, that was just a bad, I think yeah. that was a bad call. I think it would have been better if he like bailed the night before or something but it would have made it miss my favorite scene so if we want to talk about your favorite scene after this but my favorite scene is her hitting him with the roses in the middle of the street saying i am humiliated yes you humiliated me and then charlotte hugging her i cried last night when we watched it i have cried 
I've seen this movie at least 50 times, maybe more. And I have never not cried at that scene. I think it is also stunning. Like it's a beautiful scene. I love a scene that like could be a like a big photo because it's like I, I think it's like just a breathtaking scene. And then it's so emotional. And that is my favorite I don't know why that's my favorite part. It's tragic, but I loved that scene. I think you see, like, one of the criticisms about Carrie has always been that she isn't the friend the way her friends are to her. Yeah. And the way that you see Charlotte rally to just comfort her yeah. is one of Kristen Davis's best moments. Yeah. Second only to, I will say, her joy in the finale when she says, that's our baby. That's our baby. I She's a good crier. Thinking about I did- it. <laughs> <laughs> she's a good crier she's a great crier she is a great crier they don't utilize that enough there's a thing like about even the way samantha just like fixes in the moment she's like you go i will fix everything oh with this. i think samantha's the best friend of all but then you see miranda wheels turning being like i think this is my fault yes but it is this really elaborate yeah like a renaissance painting of this Bird in the hair dress. Can oh. we talk about the dress for a second? Yeah. <laughs> have a little commotion for the dress. I have a little commotion for the dress. The dress cost 24000 US dollars. Oh my goodness. For a Vivian Westwood couture gown. I don't know, man. There's some girls who work at Target who be going on Say Yes to the Dress being like, $11,000 for a Panina Tournay? I know. <laughs> and <A> Panina? <laughs> Hi, my make- name is McKinley, <laughs> and I'm wearing Braxton Hicks III, and I want a Panina Tournay dress. <laughs> and Panina's in the store today, and you get to meet her. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So, 24, it's a lot. It but is a lot. It's it's two Panina Tournays. It's it. The rental fee for the New York Public Library, where they're getting married, alone is 50 grand. Wow. And this is 2008 This is money. 2008, yes. So, add some inflation. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. The estimated cost of this wedding that never happened was two hundred and thirty thousand U.S. dollars. That's during a recession. Oh yeah, two thousand eight. During a recession, I know people in that city were not doing well at that time. They just grabbed their cards and their checks back from the booster. Yeah, and they leave <laughs> and go home. I still would have thrown a party. Yeah, absolutely. Back to your point: the fact that this wedding didn't happen creates dr- lots of drama. Yes. What happens after this is it's not really part of the plot in any way. It doesn't move it forward. But all the girls go on vacation together, which is nice because... They go on Carrie's honeymoon. Yeah, they go on Carrie's honeymoon. And uh, it, it shows very real, like, her depression from it. Um, you see her without makeup. I remember that being a story at the time mm-hmm. where they were like, she shows her face without makeup in this movie. And she Downcast looks... Li- Downlighting. Yes. And she looks like sick. She has nothing under her eyes. And it was such a big deal. But like, um, it's a movie. And I know this movie's supposed to... Everyone's supposed to be glamorous. But like, that's not weird. But they made it seem like such a big deal. Like a woman in her 40s wouldn't wear makeup. So they go there. They have a good time. Charlotte Poughkeepsie's in her pants. Mm-hmm. And then when they get back, Carrie tries to put her life back together by hiring the an assistant. <laughs> an assistant. The the best assistant in the world. I think she should have hired Bridget Everett, even though she was drunk. Yeah, that's a great cameo, by the way. A the great Brid- cameo. Bridget. And there's Annalie I think Ashford. she might be in the new show. Are you serious? Well, she posted. I follow Bridget Everett, obviously. She posted like premiere, Sex and the City 2 premiere. And she's in a photo with them. 
And I'm like, please tell me. Imagine she's the same character. Oh, I think she's just friends with that New York set. I think so, too. And, like, Amy Schumer's in there, too. But I, I, I still, to this day, will say, little bit, just like her. All the time. Are you are you drunk? A little, little bit. Little bit. I love that. I love it. Yeah, Jennifer Hudson was kind of just coming off of her Oscar win for Dream Girls. For Dream Girls, yes. And the big thing was like finally they're using a person of color in yeah. the they really had they really made a lot about Jennifer Hudson's role. Mm-hmm. Still putting her as an assistant to somebody super wealthy. She's poor. Yeah. <laughs> My own Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Louise from St. Louis. Louise Vuitton. It was an interesting subplot that this girl kind of comes and she believes in love so much. I don't know why anyone would move to New York if they believed in love. <laughs> love. Yeah, to find some shithead investment broker the datanomics of new york are not good horrible you want to find love they say go to denver oh that's apparently the best ratio for single women to or single men to single women maybe because like the it's you're so high up in altitude everyone's just a little bit happy all the men just went there because it was where we was legal first in colorado oh Maybe that's four, though. Maybe that's it for They're all very chill guys. What did you think about this kind of moment of Carrie getting her life back together? I didn't think she was a mess long enough, personally. Yeah. Um, I, I also think it would take a lot. Well, I guess you got the girls. She said they could run the world. You know, her friends working for her. I think most women. is very unrealistic. And what's funny about Carrie and even that apartment, I love that they're like, you can move back in if you pay your escalated price. You can move back in sooner by the time you get off this vacation if you pay an escalated price. And Charlotte had to give her her engagement ring in one of the seasons so that she could buy the apartment back from Aiden. Yeah. And it's like, I know she's had a couple of books, but yeah. Jesus Christ, she's she's got a lot more money. Everyone is, that's what I said, everyone is significantly wealthier in this movie yes. than they were in previous movies. Which I liked in the in the show that we were meant to believe that Carrie is very bad with money. Yes. Relate to it a thousand percent. There was something about this part where like because Carrie's apartment was never really put together, the fact that it was in such shambles was like deeply disturbing to me. The fact that the walls were painted, yeah. I still find deeply disturbing. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? Carrie's apartment is supposed to be like builder's beige. Oh, yeah. She never, and that's something that, because I really care about like what my spaces look like. I always found that weird about her, that yeah. she never updated anything with her apartment at all. But this is how I feel about things. There are people who spend money on clothes. Yes. And then people who spend money on experiences. And then there are people who are like, I'm going to make everything around me beautiful. She works from home. Some of the most stylish people I know give two shits about where they live. Really? Like there's, I mean, and it's not for everybody, but like I feel like they're so put together and they know they have such a keen eye for things. But then when you get to their home, it's like that's where their exhaustion, their their limit is. And they're like, I don't care. Put anything on the walls. I don't give a shit. So I get to be uggo because my house is cozy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I get to be beautiful because my house is ugly. <laughs> there you go. This is also the point where Carrie does what most people do in a breakup is they drastically change their appearance. Yes. She dyes her hair like a Garnier Fructis Brown. Because another um, thing that happened in this is that she is featured in Vogue. 
mm-hmm. um, as being a 40-something bride, which is, I guess, a big deal. Which is another one of my favorite scenes is them trying on all the wedding oh, dresses. Oh, yeah, gorge. As I say, yes to the dress girly. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone trying on wedding dresses is very exciting to me. That's one of my favorite sides of TikToks is be- girls being like, these are the dresses I didn't get. I love those TikToks. Really? I love them. So she's, yeah, she's in Vogue and then she wants no one to know who she is so she dyes her hair brown i remember when in the when the first time i saw it i thought it looked great now watching it the wig be wigging it doesn't look good it had no dimension and yes that's my problem that's the problem with it it had and she never she just wore it the same way so it was very obviously a wig yes have you ever done something post breakup like that so <laughs> when i got cheated on in high school i got a mohawk because I was like, now I want no one to fuck me. <laughs> and you know what? It worked. Uh, my hair didn't grow up for several years and no one did. So uh, I got what I wanted. I got a lip ring and I cut my hair into a mohawk and I dyed it purple. But the thing that sucks about it is whenever I go through a breakup, I get real skinty because I don't eat when I'm sad. Oh. So I was like skinty thin, but I had a mohawk. <laughs> you were in your Sex Pistols era. I I was. I was I was damaged a little bit. You are so like free with changing your hair color that I don't feel like I think your initial big cut was probably like a really big deal. Yeah. But Carrie losing her signature blonde, I feel like nobody made they made a bigger deal about Samantha gaining weight than they did about Carrie drastically changing her hair. Yes. I never I mean, I've done the dumbest things with my hair. It's mostly like I'll just change my eyebrows and like over tweeze them. That was what I would always do. Mm-hmm. Remember when I got braces and bangs at the same time at 26? <laughs> I told you not to. You did. And the the best part was I wasn't single when I did that. <laughs> no. I was like, if I'm going to have bangs, I might as well do it when I have a boyfriend. And then I think we ended up breaking up while I had the bangs. And then he married you. And he married he, Yeah, he married me. <laughs> There's lots of off and ons just like Big and Carrie. <laughs> it's like you broke up, but I've but like I've never done a really, really, really drastic thing. No. But I feel like I want to because I want to be like, it's just hair. Hair grows. Oh, that's how I feel. Back to our girlies. Charlotte's Charlotte's role in this movie is really like she's finally pregnant. She's Charlotte is like the steady one in the, in the movie where everything's really going well for Charlotte. Yeah, even when she tells Carrie she's pregnant, that's a that's an acting moment for Kristen Davis as well. She's so good in that moment. She does joy well. She does. Yeah, she does sadness and like overwhelming joy well. Yeah, but they always put her in this more like I don't know kooky area, and I think she's better. And other things, I don't know. The new TV show kind of bums me out. Yeah, well, I mean, if you want to hear our thoughts on the and just like that season two, <laughs> check out our TikTok. Uh, yeah, at Comfort Watch Podcast. Yeah, we've been watching it and commenting on it. Um, we have a lot of thoughts. What about Samantha and the way Samantha's story changes in this show? I think it's very like true to Samantha. I think it tracks for the character. I think though it takes her too long. Like I think the character normally would be a little more haste with her decision to that this life isn't working out for her. Yeah. But I think it's really realistic 
like I even know how she feels even though I'm not like Samantha at all but the like the relationship monotony and yeah you know I think like yeah for anyone who doesn't really remember the story about Samantha is that she's really just devoting all of her time to Smith's career mm-hmm. and one of the lines that she says is like I say his name more than I, I say, say my mine. own yeah and that's how I felt about Meghan Markle for a while <laughs> at work I was writing Meghan Markle Meghan Markle Meghan Markle I saw her face more than I did my own. And you become, like, very resentful of it. Mm -hmm. And then there's, like, for some reason, we're supposed to believe that Samantha just stops having sex with Smith because this whole thing is, like, she wants to... It's not cheat, but it's just, like, both her and... Both Samantha and Miranda are both struggling with, like, the physical passion of their relationships fizzling out. Yeah. Samantha says that she's still taking care of herself. Like, I wrote down in my notes, Miranda's bush... That's all I wrote. <laughs> like when they're in Mexico and there is that yeah. shot of Miranda's carpets matching the drapes pubes poking out of her like little swimsuit. Mm-hmm. There's this idea of like the way that sex dies in relationships like Miranda's too busy. Samantha's not letting anything go, mm-hmm. but he's too busy. Yes. So it's it was really interesting to watch that. She's the time. Steve. Yeah. Samantha is, is the Steve. Steve. Yeah. Samantha's a dog mom is everything mm-hmm. I've wanted for her. Mm-hmm. That was a really good thing that I forgot about. Yeah, I like that. I don't think she had enough play in this movie, which I'm sure Kim Cattrall agrees. <laughs> I'm sure she's on. That's another reason why she's not, you know, back. So when the movie picks back up about Carrie and Big, they never run into each other. Even though I guess New York is a, a small place. I guess there are a lot of ways that you could avoid seeing somebody, right? Mm-hmm. Do you feel like the movie rushed them getting back together? Carrie and Big? Yeah. Well, it's been... How long has it been? Like eight months? Six months? I think they say... Well, I, I don't know. I think it's not long after Valentine's Day. Or no, it's warm again. So it's the spring. And it's no, it's been at least nine months. Yeah. So actually, this show's actually really good because they also use the seasons to let you know how long things are going for and not even that they use holidays so this is another reason i like this movie because to me it's kind of also it's not a christmas movie but it's like a new year's movie i don't yeah i don't know why and i often watch it in december because of that so through the storyline when she's around the time she's dying her hair that's like halloween and then not much happens between then and new year's other than like they're just settling into their lives alone miranda and carrie and then they get to each other on New Year's and they spend New Year's together. And Which it's is this the nicest thing Carrie's ever, ever done, done for a friend. Ever done for any other person. She couldn't even go to Miranda's apartment when she hurt her back. I will say, though, that when Carrie needs to be kind to somebody, it is always Miranda. Like yes. when Miranda's mom died and she when she jumps out of the aisle to go hold her while yeah. she's walking down. Like that's one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like whenever like any of the women show vulnerability that's not Carrie, it always rattles me a little bit, especially Miranda. Yes. And um, I got really emotional, maybe because I do now have a son, and I was thinking about how sad it would be to not ring in the new year with him. Yeah. And so Carrie getting out of bed in her oh. Grey Gardens outfit. Yeah, a pearls. I, rem- I remember when, was it The Gap was selling like sequin berets? Because <laughs> this is when, this is height of SJPPs and It's the around Gap. that time, yeah. Yeah, the tweed blazer. Oh my God, I wanted, I wanted everything. The, the oversized flowers. I, I, I thought if you wear jeans with heels. You're oh, so classy. Oh my God, yeah. And she's running in the snow in heels and socks, but it is 
I think it's one of my favorite Carrie Miranda moments. Well, it sets the scene for the fact that like they're closer than ever. Mm -hmm. They're clinging to each other in this time and that they're even go to Valentine's Day together. And that that's a great scene with the friggin balloons falling from the ceiling. Yeah, I think they put in so many interesting little tidbits and like that's something there's always, though, even in really hard times, there's a lightness to every scene. So even like the part that makes me cry with the flowers and being in the middle of the road with Big Charlotte is crying and everything. And then the music goes boop, boop, boop. And she waddles back to the car because she can't move her legs. There's always a tiny little bit of humor. And in that scene, it's it's a rough scene. But there's balloon strings everywhere and she can't get her coat on and she can't get it out of her mouth. And in this scene, Miranda then confesses, I think I broke up your marriage or what would have been because I told Big this thing. And Carrie at this point had never heard this. The only other person who knows is Charlotte. Um, And Charlotte told her to wait for a better time to tell her. But she waited, I don't know, six months to tell her. And Carrie gets really upset Mm -hmm. and hurt. And then they show this like through line of both the women rejected any apology from their men. And Miranda even says, I'm sorry, flowers. I'm sorry, voicemails. I'm sorry, emails. I'm sorry, phone calls. And then Carrie says, Miranda sends I'm sorry, flowers. I'm sorry, voicemails. I'm sorry, emails. Because Miranda needs to apologize to Carrie and needs Carrie to accept it. And this is then the catalyst where then Carrie helps Miranda get back together or at least consider getting back together with Steve. Yes. And again, cozy space. So I don't want to be too critical of Ms. Bradshaw. Yes. But it is not the same thing whatsoever. (laughs) Miranda... Miranda. 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 If you've seen this woman on TikTok. Wait, come on. Who does Steve impressions of Steve. Yeah. Oh, I cannot hear Steve talk without hearing her. I only do Steve's mother. (laughs) And I do Steve. (laughs) I do Steve's mother convincing Miranda to baptize Brady. Here it is. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, okay. When I think of that little baby burning in hell. (laughs) You need like a beer in your hand or something. Oh Oh my God, that's all I have. It's just so funny. Come on, he's flying around in limbo. (laughs) So good. For my ma. For my ma. It is, yeah, it is not the same thing whatsoever. They really just blew over Miranda's marriage falling apart. Well, that's the thing that is, you know, this show is typically from Carrie's perspective and from Carrie's perspective, she's suffered this great loss. But Miranda, it should be supporting her when and even at one point, she says when she realizes that Luis from St. Louis had broken up with her boyfriend, she goes, and then I realized there was two broken hearts in this closet. And it's like, what about the other broken heart from the woman who is actually married to someone, has a child with them, has a home with them? And you're just like, can you just like come to my wedding and then support me? There's a certain charm of Carrie's blind spots to other people's pain. Yeah. There is. And it's because I think we all have that friend. Sometimes it's it's myself who's like, my pain is real pain. Yeah. When she's mad at Miranda for Miranda expressing this, the, the onus lies on Big. She says, you ruined my marriage. Yeah. No. Big ruined your marriage. I honestly think if this exact same thing happened to me and you, I would have went, oh, honey, that's not why. Yeah. I'm like, did you hold on to that this whole time? That's not why. I was, I just never would have told you. (laughs) Well, that too. But I would, I honestly would have been like, that is like he, 
he's an asshole. Yeah. I'm like, that's not at all why that happened. The fact that, like, she gets so upset. And, like, I get it. It needed to happen to be the catalyst for Miranda to forgive Steve or, like, work towards forgiving Steve. Yeah. But there is such, like, that is not why you didn't get married. Yeah. You didn't get married because you guys were not communicating and he was expressing fear of this wedding the whole time. You guys just were not talking about it. Yeah, she's like, I knew that night when I talked to him on the phone. Um, There's a scene of you days before this. I think she said, and a week later, it was the day. Yeah. So a week before, he was like, I don't want this. Yes. Um, Typical man, though, is so not involved with the wedding planning that a week before, he didn't realize 200 people were coming. Yes. I just had this with my husband and our son's first birthday party. Him asking if so if I invited a whole bunch of people and I was like, no, I did yeah. not. But the fact that they, I mean, the, the Carrie and Miranda relationship, I feel like Miranda always tells Carrie the truth. Always. Like when she didn't want her to go to Paris, when she was like, what are you doing? Yeah, those are the hard things. And it's always Miranda apologizing. Mm-hmm. It makes me so mad. Carrie's not a good friend, but Carrie is the main character. And True. in life, you have friends that are the main character, and then there's the people who just support them. And if you want us to do every episode of Sex in the City... Just say the word, just say the word, don't... Yeah, just... just yeah, just... Vote, vote in the comments. Just even... Punch me a little winking emoji. Put a little <laughs> martini glass emoji and all that. Leave a five star review That's with right. a martini emoji, and we'll switch this to a Sex and City podcast tomorrow. But we're skipping season one. What? Okay. So as Miranda and Steve are going to like couples counseling and figuring everything out, Carrie isn't talking to Big yet. No. But Big and Charlotte have their big run in. Yes. Where she says her epic line: "Curse the day you were born." And then goes into labor. Which then brings Big back into their lives. Because Carrie had thrown her phone into the ocean. Because she didn't live in that apartment, I'm guessing her home phone number had changed when she moved back in. She made sure all of his emails ended up in some other folder. He knew where she lived. I guess he didn't. Maybe he didn't know she bought her apartment back. Like, I feel like he could find... You could find ways. Yeah. You could find ways. You know where Miranda works. I'm sure Steve is at a bar that you know exists. I'm sure you could, like, find ways to get to yeah. Carrie. So... Harry asked, just out of like the euphoria of having a baby, he asked Carrie to call John or yeah. take him back or something like that. She says, he's been writing you and he wants like, you should like give him a call. Yeah. But he's not actually writing anything that says, I'm sorry. He's just no. copy pasting letters from that love st- love letters book, which is fine. But in a real world, tell me why you didn't show up. Yeah, that's but that's a typical rom-com. They introduce something early on that her, she loves these these books of all these love letters mm-hmm. and that he uses that as a callback later to be like, see, I pay attention to you. Yeah. I know you like this dumb shit. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, my God, he pays, he know he notices I exist. He knows me so much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he doesn't explain himself in any way. The thing is, I feel like they know each other so well that like she doesn't need an explanation from him, though. She knows why he did it. True. And I think they're both at fault. Like, I think leading up to it, she's at fault. But in the moment, just just get your dick out of your ass and go do it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just go do it. How hard is it? Like, yeah. I know. But then there's one of my favorite tropes. You know I love a deadline. Romantic comedies when there has to be some kind of chase. So, like, I love in Harry, when Harry Met Sally. There's almost midnight. I love in this that they have to get to the apartment by six o'clock to get her Manolo shoes. Mm-hmm. And then he's waiting for her in the closet. Yeah. And then 
they just kiss and make up. <laughs> I think, do they allude that they have sex on the floor? No, I thought that, but like his, even the belt on his pants is still buckled. Okay. So I don't think so. They just, they just lay on the, I think they make out for a while and then they lay on the floor. Because I don't think like we've ever really, we don't really believe that they're, a sexual couple like we know that they're intimate like my one of my favorite scenes is when she toots in bed (laughs) at his apartment like there's a lot of like good bed work but there's never really like sex like there's more charlotte sex and miranda sex yeah than sjpp's and i feel like that's a sjpp's nudity clause that she has i think so too i think she's like i'm a producer i'm not showing my tits yeah which is fine but like there's even when they kiss each other there's a lot of face kissing going on like Kissing eyes, kissing noses, kissing necks. Is this why I like them the most? Because I'm like, I like softcore, like, leave your clothes on. <laughs> Remember we were watching it and I said, I... When, yes, you did say... Like, when, when they were in bed sitting there, I was like, man, I wish... I've never sit just sit in bed with my husband. No. Like, that'd be nice. No. They were reading, both reading books, and as one of Miranda's... No, this is my favorite scene. Okay, what is it? When Miranda's making her pro-con list to get back together with <laughs> Steve, and I actually read the list for the first time, the con was Steve doesn't read. Yeah. And I laughed so hard because that's what we were saying is like, my husband doesn't read. No. And so when they're like, I dream about like uh, the way that he's got his paper and she's got his books and they're talking about the stories that yes. they love. And like, yes, he doesn't read. No, I think they're definitely compatible. Oh, I, I think that they always, you know, painted Miranda and Steve as like an odd couple. And even Harry and Charlotte are an odd couple. Mm-hmm. But Big and Carrie aren't. No, they're not an odd couple, no. No. So that brings us to like the next major plot point of the movie, which is another like epic scene. Miranda's considering taking back Steve, so they go to therapy. And the therapist suggests that they meet at some kind of neutral common ground. And if both people show up, then they should be together. And the past is the past. Past is the past. And I actually love this. I, I wonder how many, like, when stuff like this happens, I wonder how many people did that. Like, how many people immediately booked weddings at that uh, at the library? Yeah. How many people have literally done this, even specifically on the Brooklyn Bridge? But I think this is a great idea that, like, going go separately, figure it out if you want to be together. Don't communicate beforehand. Just show up, and that's your, you're deciding that past is the past. Yeah, it is a great moment, and... She looks great as she's walking across that bridge. I think that she's never looked better than in this movie. Mm -hmm. Her hair looks fantastic. They've picked really good clothes for her. In the new show, I don't know what they're doing. (laughs) I don't know what they're doing. Because she doesn't, like, she's obviously aged a bit, but she still looks pretty good. But they're just not giving her the same stuff to work with. Yeah. I I mean, in, in my criticisms of Sex and the City... Uh, and the way it's evolved, I will say like this was probably the last time that they'd made fashion or sartorial choices that felt true to the characters. Yes. Now it's like I feel like they're just doing this is expensive, this is expensive, throw it on. Yes. So, okay, so I wanted to touch on this because this is something really funny about me. When I loved that, like I loved Sex and the City, I had seen it all through high school over and over and over and over again. We had that big velvet. It was like all the this discs were in it that it was like 120 dollars, and we cherished it we watched it all the time when i saw the movie i was like what i don't remember fashion being 
this big of a deal. I don't remember it being the cornerstone and everyone now is like Sex and City fashion. Carrie, yes, always had interesting fashion, but some things weren't high end. A lot of things weren't high end. She'd wear random things. Yeah. It was mostly about the shoes. There was like for... For Charlotte, it was quiet luxury, right? Yeah. It was like very expensive brands that you were like, oh, I would have no idea that that is super expensive. Yes. But they, she, her style never got too crazy. Mm-hmm. Samantha's outfits were always wild, but I never thought that they were like couture. I always thought that she dressed, like shopped at some kind of like zoot suit warehouse or something. Yeah. I never thought about, I really, I thought that like her clothes just represent her personality She's bold. She's a professional. That's how she dresses. Miranda never, ever. I think that's the one that stuck out to me the most. I never saw Miranda dress nice in all of the seasons. Season six, when she gets back together with Steve, there are several scenes where I'm like, wow, Miranda looks beautiful. Yes. But the way that everything was heightened in the movie, it was a lot. But when I look at the way the show is now, I'm like, it's almost become a parody of itself. Yeah. And I know that everyone has reverence for Pat Fields. And I don't believe that she's still on the show. I'm not sure. But it's almost like we need a breath of fresh. We need some fresh eyes to go through and be like, we need somebody who loves the show as much as we do, who's a purist, to be yeah. like, they would never wear that. No. And I also think like even Carrie did high-low. She mixed things. Yeah. She obviously, the shoes were always expensive insane but she used to wear like yeah like tiny little shorts that were definitely like i don't even know like yeah there was definitely outfits where maybe also i don't know you know high fashion that well but there's things that i never thought were anything specific at all there's obviously the dresses i feel like they set the tone in season six like that final scene with the coats and the dresses that everybody's wearing mm-hmm. everyone looks so put together miranda never looked put together Miranda no. like wears toques and overalls and even her on her wedding day, she looked great, but it's not it's not at all. If they had her get married now, it would look so different. Miranda dresses the way Shiv Roy dresses. Yeah. Yeah. So like Miranda in another universe is Shiv Roy. Yes. And then her casual look is super casual. Yeah. And even her date looks were very like a lot of shift dresses and I don't know. She always just looked casual to me yeah. other than when she was at work. The way that they made Miranda stylish was like she's wearing very expensive clothes for an office setting. And then yes. when she kind of lost the office setting, I feel like they were doing a lot of like statement necklace work. And earrings. And like yeah. that was very 2008. Yes. Belts and statement necklaces. Oh. And this movie's full of belts. And in Everyone just like that, Lisa Wexley is wearing when they say, make a comment about her Lion King outfit. Yeah. So many statement necklaces, necklaces here. Yeah. And even though the mother-in-law looked like she had uh Nespresso pods all around her neck. Like we need to let them go. Yeah. Let it go. I know. It's not at all I don't live in New York. I don't shop like that. But from what I see from like TikTok is open this world where you see other people's lives and even like there's there's a couple women who are like a day in the life of like a upper east side mom. They don't, they still don't dress like no. that. Like, I don't know who is actually dressing Truly like that. Truly rich people do not dress like they're rich. No. Sorry, there's rich and then there's wealthy. Yeah. Wealthy people don't dress like they're, they have a lot of money. No. Because they're just so confident they wear whatever they want. Yeah. New, new money mm-hmm. dresses like that. Yeah. Can we talk about the thing that didn't age well about this movie? Oh, yes, please. So the thing that did not age well about this movie 
is how they view Samantha's weight gain. Like, and what weight gain? Like, barely, not in her face, not in her arms, just a little. And I don't even know if they, that's not a prosthetic. I think they just. Put t- different tight pants on. Yeah, like, yeah. And then just smushed her skin over it. And then they were like, what's with the gut? <laughs> they try to backpedal so hard by being like, it's not about the weight, sweetie. It's if you're happy. It's like, well, you just shamed her. Yeah. About her clothes. That was like, there are several things. I mean, you could always say like diversity. They're like, you know, those are the critiques about sex in the city that we're all familiar with but one of the things that i really noticed that did not age well was that plot point specifically and it was such a focus such a focus and it's crazy now that we're like in the age of like body positivity where that like this could never be a storyline or they'd have to find something else to show why she seems unhappy it's interesting now that we are like i feel like the overcorrection to body positivity is now this ozempic craze oh yeah of like oh you thought you could be like comfortable with your body yeah here is a way to reverse the clock like we were saying samantha would be the first person on ozempic absolutely and we would support her to it whatever she wanted to do Mm -hmm. but just like it reminded me so much of the toxicity of the early 2000s about like people were saying that Kristen davis was thick remember yeah she has like when she's running and she's got her little body body like those are abs i know she's she's thick fit yeah like like, she's super miranda's boobies like those are up there like oh yeah like they have tight bodies but they always made it seem like she was the heavier one. Yeah. I feel like sometimes whenever I go back to things that are from the early aughts, I have this like PTSD of like friends, sex in the city, like just how bodies were treated. Yeah. And that's my only criticism. Other than that, one of the things we always talk about is has our opinions of the movies that we've watched changed. I yeah. loved it. You did? I loved I'm it. So, okay, because I've been trying to get you to give this another shot for a decade. Because you watched it once and were like, no, it's not true to the show. I don't like it. It's not what I wanted. And then last night I felt like you were like, this is good. Because I think of like, it's like one of those, like you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah. And like, and just like that is objectively horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Will yeah. I watch every episode? Absolutely. Yes. But like this movie had its moments for me, but I was just like, it still had the light comedic carry that i miss so much yeah there's still kooky carry messy carry i feel like yeah everyone was still pretty true to their characters i hate who miranda's become in 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 just like that miranda's i've always said i'm miranda miranda's my favorite character i have always loved miranda she seemed the most real the most down to earth and 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 just like that i feel like they just threw it all away so this is maybe a TikTok. I do not mind Miranda's kind of shedding her life in New York City for Che and becoming this like parody of herself in a sense because I always feel like we know those people who seem like they have it all together. Yeah. And then maybe they don't mess up when they're younger. They mess up later on when it's not as cute, right? Yeah. And I feel like that's what she's doing. But like this movie was an underuse of Samantha, in my opinion. Great Charlotte, great Miranda, hit and miss Carrie. Yeah. But I, watching it again, I think this is only my second time ever seeing this movie. That's crazy. I loved it. That's amazing. Loved it. I'm so happy because I, I saw it when it came out. 
Uh, me and my sister bought tickets as soon as it, you were able to buy movie tickets to see it. This movie made $30 million on its opening day. Wow. And the budget was less was around $70 million U.S. Wow. So well, it crushed. I remember thinking, like, I just have to stay alive until the day that movie comes out. Like, anything after that's gravy. Because I was like, I can't get, like, hit by a bus before I see this movie. This movie was so important to me. I cried... When Charlotte Poughkeepsie in her pants, I scream laughed in that theater. Like I was grabbing my sister's arm and like scream. It was euphoria. Seeing this movie was the one of the best times I've ever had of the movies in general. But it was I remember the day because it was so important to me. Wow, it was your twilight. And you know what? I don't get disappointed when I watch it again. I don't think I you know rewatching the last few movies that we watched. There are things that I noticed that I like didn't notice before this movie. No, I'm like, it's oh, it's always been good. It has stayed very present in my mind this whole time. And it's it still does. It It is truly a comfort watch for me, too, which I will say the other the Julia Roberts movies we watched. I've seen several times. I do go back to this is actually a. I always say like when I'm sick, but also like sometimes my husband has to work late. And whenever he has to work late, I go like I get to watch like one of my golden oldies. And this is I watch this often. He's never even seen it because I only watch it when he's not home. Smart. Yeah. He'd ruin it for you. Is A comfort watch to me is, you know, can I make craft dinner and watch it? Well, when my husband works late and this is this is it. I I love it. I think it's a perfect rom-com. It's a little long. Yeah, I'll give it that. Last night we we're watching. It, I was like, how is it past 10 o'clock? Why? Are, when will this movie end? It is very long. They take a long time to come back around to like solving the plot. But I don't think they threw in extra stuff we didn't need. Mm-hmm. I wanted the montages. I wanted the clothes. I wanted the fun. The montage was the only thing that felt different from the, the show. Absolutely. Um, it takes you out of it a it little bit. For the fans, I guess. It was fun. Uh, what would be your comfort watch rating? Oh, I don't know. It's close to a, a tenor. I'm going to say like a 9.8 little cupcake versus with uh, <laughs> flip phones out of out of 10. I'm going to give it a, going to go 7.9 love keychains <laughs> out of 10. That's the thing, you know, the love key. birds in your hair. What else is really funny in that movie that's just so over the top? Poughkeepsie's Poughkeepsie puddings. puddings. Yeah, that's a, that's, I think, I'm going to give it a solid 7.9. I, I'm so, you know, I will take it. Take it. I thought we'd rewatch it and you'd go, it's just as terrible as I remember. And I'm so glad. And I will not give Sex and the City to the same i'm not no okay i will we'll not pretend that it never i happened. will not forgive i will not meet that on the middle of the brooklyn bridge i will not be showing up to that it doesn't read okay before we leave we always end our podcasts well sometimes we put it in the beginning <laughs> of the podcast we start the podcast with it let's just say i forgot and we're putting our recommendations for things that we think will help make your mental health a little better mm-hmm. and these are book recommendations tv shows Things, uh, movies that we're watching outside of our comfort watches. What is your suggestion this week? So my cozy rec is I just finished the newest book by Emily Henry. I read Book Lovers while I was on vacation uh, in Mexico a couple months ago. And I don't read unless we're on vacation. Chrissy can't read. I can't. I, that is my on my con list of myself. 
I don't really read. I I went to school for English. I have a degree in English. And after that, I thought, I I don't want to read for fun. I'm only going to read if I get rewarded for doing it. And even in school, I barely read. I did a lot of little Sparks notes for that. But first of all, Book Lovers, great book. Um, Her newest book, uh, Happy Place, I always want to call it Happy Endings, Happy Place (laughs) is fantastic. What's unique about it is, yes, there's this through line of like a love story, but it's about relationships. It's about people who are in their 30s and it's about relationships of every kind, relationships with family, relationships with in-laws, relationships with uh, friends you've had since college and how those things change over time. And I related a lot to like friendships changing, how she feels about her family and how she feels, you know, some families are these like close families that are very warm and some her family didn't feel that way. Like there were so many things in it that, you know, doesn't didn't make you sad, but were uh, relatable and you can find yourself in this book very easily. So I recommend all and I'm, I'm also now reading another Emily Henry book called People We Meet on Vacation, but I couldn't tell you how it went. Um, but I do, I think Book Lovers is 10 out of 10. Uh, Happy Place is like 9.5 out of 10. I do love her writing. It's easy read. I, I, I don't like things that are super fiction. Like I know this didn't really happen, but it like takes place in Maine. It doesn't take place on like a starship or something. That's where I'm at. But yeah, very cozy read. That's a really interesting wreck and i'm glad that you're reading i'm so happy for you (laughs) words can be hard sound them out (laughs) google them if you don't know what they are google them i just as soon as i sit down with a book i realize like how itchy i am or like what does that sound and like i i it's hard for me to get into it and every time i start a chapter i look at how many long how long the chapter is because i have to know it will end yeah i need to know that i'm not going to stay here forever it's it's very strange. I wish I wasn't like this. I I mean, in keeping with my Taylor Swift excursion that I just had, my wreck is going to be so simple, but it's just going to be evermore. Like, <laughs> if you want a cozy album, mm-hmm. we're just talking cozy, just put on evermore. It's less depressing than folklore, but still giving the woodland vibes from start to finish. Zero skips. For me, it's been something that like... Zero? Zero skips. Zero? Not what a sing. Do it with skip. Haim. Haim? Haim. Nobody, no crime? Horrible song. Get out of here. This is my recommendation. And I kind of like Haim. I just don't really get it. This is my recommendation. Sorry. I'm a folklore girly. girly I know you are, through. but like I feel like folklore is going to make you feel a lot of things. And Evermore, you're going to feel a lot of things, but there's a little more whimsy in it. <laughs> and I feel like whimsy is the cousin to cozy. I don't think there's anything more whimsical than Last Great American Dynasty. I don't know where um, you get off. Ivy, a story about like a relationship that's not real. Champagne problems, breaking someone's heart. Right you- where you left me, a girl who's stranded <laughs> emotionally in a restaurant. Marjorie, that's a bonus your dead track. grandmother. I've literally never listened to Right Where You Left Tolerate me. it. The most dramatic dinner party you've ever been to. Mm-hmm. Willow, a witch in the woods. I could go on and on. Evermore, justice forevermore. And that is my recommendation this in, week. In the comments, let me know if you'd actually like my curated folklore evermore playlist where I only take the good songs and it's called Folkmore. Everlore? There's Everlore. No, sorry, I have two. There's Everlore. And then the things that I like not quite as much it's still good is folklore i think we should do a spotify playlist for comfort watch oh that'd be good we should do one per each movie though that'd be great it would just be all taylor swift to Katy perry 
but that's okay. No, I think, oh, no, we got to do, like, more, like, the chicks and stuff for Runaway Bride. Yeah. Yeah, I think that'd be a great week by week. Let us know if that's something that you would want to see from us. So, Keeks, why don't you tell everyone what we're going to watch next week? So, originally the plan was to just try and find SJPB movies to watch. Yeah. And, you know, we were thinking First Wives Club, great movie. She's not in it a whole lot. No, she's supporting. And, you know, we will get there. But this movie made me want to watch The Devil Wears Prada. Ooh. Like, the fashion, New York, of yeah. course. Is it Pat Fields, too? I think it is. I think it's just, like, just a natural progression. And I think that's the next movie. And this one is a true comfort watch for me. Okay, I am totally down with this plan. Totally down. So next week we're watching Devil Wears Prada. Sounds good. All right. Until then, stay comfy. Stay cozy. Be sure to like our podcast. (laughs) Leave us a five-star review. Subscribe. I don't know. You can follow us on Instagram at Comfort Watch Podcast. And on TikTok at Comfort Watch Podcast. Um, yeah. Until then, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.